exegesis. Welcome back to Countdown to Exegesis, your jet set Steely Dan podcast covering the whole spectrum of Dan from A to ZX. If you understood those references, congratulations, your interests are as niche and sexy as mine. I was, of course, alluding to the ancient British computer, the Sinclair ZX Spectrum. And the reason is we have a guest with us who is well known in the retro YouTube sphere. His name is Rose Tinted Spectrum or Dave, I believe. Welcome, Dave. <laughs> it sounds, sounds so much worse. Rose Tinted Spectrum or Dave. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and of course, we have Andrew Souter, the, uh, the usual sort of Dan grump. Yeah, the thorn in the side. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's an interesting because we've had guests on before. Um, it tended to be predicated on their desire to talk about Steely Dan, whereas Dave has not ever heard Steely Dan up to this point, I believe. Well, I have now. Otherwise, this would well, be yeah. a very bad podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, prior to you asking me, uh, I hadn't. Her, knowingly heard, shall we say? I'm sure, as yes. we we discussed, that there have been samples and 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 everything else since since they were around. But in terms of like actually going to look at them, I think it's just the name, you know. It's just one of those names where it's like you you automatically think you've heard them before, even though you haven't, and you probably don't like them, even though you haven't actually listened to them. I just think well, it's it's one of those. I don't know if you've heard of Steel Eye Span, but a lot, that's I've a, a lot that's of people get them one, yeah. confused. <laughs> yeah. Maybe so I'm just getting like... both of those confused and listening to neither of them. <laughs> Some people think it's like boogie folk rock. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's it's not exactly boogie folk rock. But no. well, just without giving away your uh, opinions of Dan, because mm-hmm. of course we save those for the end, but uh, you know, well, how was the experience for you? Um, I didn't really know what to expect other than um, I'd mentioned it on my Discord that I was doing this podcast and everyone was like, oh, Steely Dan. Oh, I love Steely Dan. He's the best. Oh. So I um, I, was, I was like, okay, well, this is this is good news because a lot of, I mean, there's quite a, a broad spectrum of music uh, okay. guys on my, my Discord, but the most vocal of them tend to be Pretty good. There's a, there's very few tracks that they'll say, "Oh, have a listen to this," and I'll go and listen to it, and they'll be like, "Ah, oh, that is horrible." Although that yeah. does happen as well. But um, yeah, that that put me that put me in good stead, and it's been interesting. I, I listened to the track that we're going to be talking about today, and then just went on a Spotify randomizer spree. So I couldn't tell you what I've been listening to, but I will say it has been diverse. Is probably mm. the best way to put it. Well, this is tantalising for Andrew because, as we know, he's only allowed to listen to one song <laughs> yeah. in order. So he's been he's been listening to it at a snail's pace mm. for about the last year and a half. Yeah, now. I think we started oh, we... January last year, didn't we? Yeah. And I've listened Recording, to what, like yeah. seventeen Steely Dan songs in that time. <laughs> It's an absolutely <laughs> preposterous way to lead your life. It, it, yes, it definitely yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. So, and so also, it's, it's, this... it also it's just say it's uniquely lonely because I'm the only person in the world in, in this position. <laughs> you know what I mean? But is it going to get to the point where something you'll remember something and it will be intrinsically tied to one Steely Dan song? <laughs> like a memory will come forward like, 
you stubbed your toe once, and yeah, like, oh, yeah. that was recorded. that was yeah. when I was listening to that song, and it, that, yeah. that song will come to mind. Or I'll be like, oh yeah, that was the day I realised I didn't want to be friends with Ollie anymore. <laughs> yeah. When was that? It was about episode four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean that's the idea. The idea is that I, I weave Dan into the fabric of Andrew's life so thoroughly mm. that he uh, he basically. He basically can't help but tie them to smells, yeah. audio cues, sort of Pavlovian yeah. um, terror training. Very slow water torture, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he gets it. Yeah, Dave gets it. Good. Yeah. Uh, well, what's also interesting about this dynamic now, Andrew, is that you started this as a bushy-tailed Dan skeptic. Yeah. Having not heard very much Dan at all, and and now you can look Dave in the face and see that see that gentle enthusiasm looking back at you. I mean, how does that feel? Uh, well, to me, the dynamic is more like a cartoon where somebody has like an angel and a devil like on either shoulder, where we're just like fighting for Dave's soul. You know what I mean? As in, you're trying to pull him into your weird little coven of the innocent. Uh, yeah, he is the innocent, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm trying to be like, no, come on, let's let's stay, let's stay safe and happy over here, you know. And it's just a yeah, it's a tussle for this this man's uh, poor soul. Thanks for joining us, Dave. Thank we you. Have... What an intro. <laughs> uh, we uh, well, just to give you a bit of context to explain all of that is that like Dan fans, as I am tend to be tend to have a very weird relationship with Steely Dan where it's a little bit like being part of the Freemasons mm. or something like you once once you get it it's like there has to be a magic moment where you get it and until then it all sounds like elevator music but as soon as you kind of go through that initiation process you become an absolute bore about <laughs> Steely Dan and they're, they're the best thing in the world um so yeah, there, there needs to be a kind of rite of passage, which is the whole point of this podcast, is the idea that we're taking Andrew on a rite of passage yeah. through Steely Dan, and he becomes one with the Dan. And one in one, one Magic Mac episode, it's going to click with mm. him. And we haven't found it yet. There's been tantalising glimpses. <laughs> yeah. But the problem is is that like Andrew is basically made up of kind of 80% contrarianism. Like yeah, that's not, that's not true. <laughs> everything i say i mean when i say it and and yes i will then contradict myself two sentences later but it's all in the moment it is sincere you know mm, that's my okay. that's my promise to the to the listeners you know because ollie just thinks that i'm basically sort of toying with him you know like giving him a little bit of praise or enthusiasm for steely dan and then like snatching it away or whatever i, I do feel like i do feel like i put upon <laughs> partner yeah yeah um do you you feel like you've wandered into a domestic here a little bit it's uh it's it's something i'm used to to be fair although this is quite gentle compared to some of the ones i've had to deal with amongst friends (laughs) yeah (laughs) nobody's left the room yet so that's good i will remind everyone listening that last week i set a challenge which is that uh if we get 50 five-star reviews on itunes I will get a Steely Dan tattoo on my hitherto unblemished body. Uh, and Andrew Suter will be able to choose that tattoo. Yeah, excitingly. I wonder if Dave has any suggestions. Having not had any in, uh, insight into what Steely Dan uses cover art or imagery or anything, just 
I can only think, I'm just thinking of like a literal Dan made out of steel. <laughs> That's yeah. all I can think of. But I can't think yeah. of any famous Dans at Dan, the minute. Dan, Dan Snow. Uh, mm, the guy no. who does war documentaries. Snow? Oh, is that, is that, John is Snow's that the son. brother of John Snow? Oh, the son of John Yeah, yeah. You could have his oh, little da- face. What about Daniel Radcliffe made out of solid steel? <laughs> uh, you see, I, that would be a very I, I would, niche <laughs> tattoo. To I'd have. almost prefer that than an actual Steely Dan tattoo. <laughs> it's just just because Steely Dan tattoo is a little bit too much on the nose. I'm thinking uh, of uh, like Superman three when that woman gets sucked into the machine and uh, all of the metal plates get attached to her face. That kind of robot, like a weird, horrible mashup of Daniel Radcliffe and tinfoil. Is what and I'm pure thinking. British steel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, put that on the ideas board. That's that's my. F- <laughs> that's that's preferable to whatever Andrew said last week, which is like, I was scroll a- something on your collarbone. Yeah, like across like the most across painful the, uh, place to get a tattoo. Oh, from, yeah. from one from one shot. Oh no, I'm going other. with that now. Actually, that does sound yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, today we're talking about Night by Night, which is um, the second. Song on Countdown to Ecstasy, Pretzel Logic, and oh shit, sorry. Now we're talking about Night by Night, which is the second song on <laughs> Pretzel Logic. Uh, thank you, Andrew. We uh, and I'll do my song facts, shall I? I'll tell you all about the song. Yes. Uh, great. I've got some juicy ones today. Yo yo, Jay Z, look out! It was covered by Yasuko Agawa, Anna Popovic, and Tule Wazu du Europe. You've just made those up. Uh-uh. <laughs> those uh, aren't real names. I might make you, I might make you listen to the Tula Wazoo one because it's just it a to prove that I'm not full of shit. And <laughs> b because it really is a, a, a sound to be here. Okay, that'll do. I think. <laughs> yeah, that that is that is very a cappella, isn't it? <laughs> what do we think of that? I was really into it at the beginning. <laughs> It sounded se- sexy, sexy in French, and slightly sinister. And then it just sounded like a. Sc- no, it a sc- didn't sound sexy in French. You just heard the name of the band, and you attached sexy Frenchness to it. There was nothing sexy in French about the about the way they were see- the singing like meaningless syllables. Okay, it was. Come on, okay, I-, I will remove French from the equation. I would say it sounded a little bit sassy, uh, carnivalesque, you know. Um, and ever so slightly sinister. Then the the main vocal came in and it sounded like a school yes. choir. A hundred percent, yes. Yeah. It, as soon as it got to that harmonising, it was like, oh, this is a, this is a school band. Um, <laughs> the, the, I think it it worked really well with the the actual instruments going in the background. But yeah, as soon as a hundred voices come to the forefront, it's uh, it's a little too much. Yeah, I mean, I, I I sort of preferred it to the actual song. But, you know. <laughs> oh, same. Yeah, one hundred percent. Maybe I've heard it too much. Um, well, yeah, that's the covers. Um, this song was written to be a hit. Uh, Donald Fagan, he's the he's the songwriter. Dave, mm-hmm. Donald Fagan said, "Night by Night" was basically written for commercial purposes. Does that surprise any of you? Yeah, mm, it does actually. Because it doesn't... Certainly when you listen to some of their other tracks, it doesn't seem like the most blatantly poppy track, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you 
you have to get to know like Becker and Fagan, the, the principal songwriters, but they're mm. um, they're kind of contrary and they kind of I don't know they they don't they, don't, they do everything a little bit back to front. So <laughs> okay. Um, so when I, I just think it's quite telling that when Steely Dan try to write a commercial hit, they they absolutely fail. Yeah. Um, yeah. They they write a sort of uh, turgid. <laughs> Boogie funk number instead. Um, on which note, this is the favourite Steely Dan song of uh, former British Conservative Prime Minister David Cameron. Uh, oh no. What? <laughs> is that true? No word of a lie. No this, word of a lie. This is during his pig fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> well, when did that start? Well, you know, that's, yeah. that's, who, who knows when that ended? If it <laughs> I'm, ever I'm did. Just, yeah, I'm imagining him like sashaying into a barnyard with like a, a boombox on his shoulder playing Night by Night by Steely Dan. Yeah. Just to get him all, you know, uh, pumped up. With one doobie reefer in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. Disgusting. That is... Yeah, a, but only, that... only exhaling, never inhaling. <laughs> so it isn't, uh, it isn't David Cameron's favourite Steely Dan song. That, that was a lie. Oh. That's Good. disappointing. But... <laughs> But did it surprise you? It did, because uh, David Cameron is possibly one of the worst people to have ever existed. And uh, this song isn't. So I didn't want to put the two together. Um, So it's nice now. I like to think his favourite song is like the Macarena or something like that. No, I think on Desert Island Discs, his his number one choice was um, uh, Ernie the Fastest... Milk cart in the West, is that what it's called? No fucking way. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that was his number one choice. And he also you, Do you know do you know this, Dave? The the it's uh it's that's the Benny Hill yes, thing, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh for fuck's sake. He also picked a Bob Dylan song. Uh so I love Bob Dylan. Really, I should yeah. be d- doing some kind of Bob Dylan podcast. Uh <laughs> but uh he, he chose Tangled Up in Blue. You know, yeah. amazing Dylan song, but he chose like a, a, an eighties live version, oh. which is absolute dog shit, and Dylan sounds dreadful. And I was just like, everything you—it's—it's it's like David Cameron wakes up, he looks out into the world, and he just like mm-hmm. gravitates towards the most mediocre things. You know, I thought you were going to say <laughs> like something completely ironic, like his favorite song was Maggie's Farm or something, right. <laughs> like a complete yeah. anti-capitalist song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> David <laughs> Cameron's all over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but no, apparently not. No, no. he's just a, a boring um, ass. Yeah. yeah, no. Sorry to uh, sorry to lie to you both. Anyway, I just it was more it's a kind of test. I wanted to see. Uh, well, you're only a day late, so. Well, yeah. Well, but also like uh, you know, my personal opinion. I don't want to give everything away, but I don't think this is the most interesting Steely Dan song. It's it's a it's a bit it's a bit of a sort of. You know, it's funky, but it's like funky with your legs in a cast. You know, if you were if you're trying to strut. With two with two broken, plastered up legs. Well, I've I've written my description for it down as gentrified funk. Is the only way yeah. I can think to describe it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which which leads us, I must say, nicely onto the vibe, which is the next section. We started using him uh, for percussion and also for piano and fives. Piano and fives. Fives. Vibes, piano and vibes, vibes. Andrew, what is your vibe? Uh, my vibe is, hello darkness, my old friend. Because 
last episode, <laughs> last episode we were doing uh, a song, Ricky Don't Lose That Number. I don't know if you've heard that one, Dave, but I yes, love that. Yes, yes, I've literally just listened to that. Yeah, which was fantastic, and I mm. enjoyed it a great deal. And so I was sort of feeling fairly positive about, you know, moving through the album. And then this fucking song happens. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, I could just feel my... My heart sinks. Again, this is an interesting test case because Dave's come straight into this song. He hasn't mm. had the weird yeah. life rules that have been set upon you, <laughs> where <coughs> you know you, I'm not you're allowed to listen of... to anything else for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. More or less, you're in this kind of Beckett play of a you know Steely Dan podcast mm. where you could only yeah you could only listen to one song at a time. Dave's come straight in, and it sounds like you know it's it's, it's not. It's not hating on it as much as you are. Mm. Yeah, I, I can, I, I could sense your dislike, but maybe emanating from my screen. Like I, uh, I think for me, the most off-putting thing about it is the horns. But I think I just have a problem with like very precise, funky horn playing. It just annoys me. Just that that <laughs> particular like, you know that stuff. But it's got that lovely like, wiggle to it. It goes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I did it's enjoy. Good, it. Yeah, I liked the wiggle. Yeah. But, um, and you liked it when it was replaced with sexy French voices. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did. Which I, I encourage our listeners to go and check check out that version for themselves yeah. to hear what gave Andrew such a lob on yeah. um, at that moment. Yeah, it may or may not be French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I get it. I get it. I can't actually remember what your vibe was. Oh, hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah, Sorry, because I complete. I keep. I keep interrupting. Because this is where we're heading, isn't it? We're heading more and more into the the gentrified funk, jazz rock, dentist waiting room shit that Steely Dan <laughs> fans love. That's where we're going, and I can just see my future blacken in front of me. You know. No, because listening no, to this song. You say this every time a bad song happens, <laughs> and you've just listened to a good song. That's just how albums work. Yeah. 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 You know, there'll be... Oh, wait until you hear the next one. And then I always do this. I always try and pull him back from the brink. <laughs> and it's just, it's just been great. It'll be fine. It'll yeah, all be fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what's... <laughs> Outside voice. This is so useful. <laughs> um, <what's>... Just to <laughs> say... Like, just to tap us virtually on the shoulder. There's <laughs> more important things. Yeah. What's your vibe, Ollie? Um, well, uh, just to just to bring it down again, I was I was tempted to just say shite by shite, to be honest, um, or uh, or trite by trite. But I'm not submitting those. I am submitting um, if the Red Hot Chili Peppers tried to write a Steely Dan song. Oh, it would sound like this. I've the, I've got one that's quite close to that. It was, oh, I thought I thought you delivered your vibe. That's why I was. Well, I I expanded on gentrified funk. I'd just written next to it if the Beach Boys listened to John Coltrane and then wound it up a bit because it was a bit too exciting. That's <laughs> 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 about as close as I could get to a description. Um, yeah, which makes well, like it, it it makes it sound like I'm slagging the song off. I actually didn't mind the song as much as, but again, I I don't have the background with them. So maybe well, maybe it is a... This is kind of, this is why I'm retracting that's why I retracted shite by shite because I don't <laughs> want to be too harsh on it. But you know, we've all hit a sort of the same we've all hit the same sort of area which is a, apart from Andrew's sort of cry into the <laughs> into the darkness. Um, which is, you know, this is it's a little bit gentrified sounding, it's a little bit like Yeah, it's definitely got it's definitely got like the 
the, the, they've clearly had influences of stuff that is jazzier than what this is. And they yeah. have what I, what I assume they mean by them saying they wanted to make this a hit and a pop song is they'd listen to stuff that that wasn't particularly big like John Coltrane, et cetera, et cetera, that are really funky and jazzy and go off in a thousand directions and they're like really straining to bring all of that back. And it's it's not as exciting as yeah. those those bands for that reason, but you can still kind of hear it in there. So it's uh, it's a strange one. Uh, it's obviously mm. for as many bands as Steely Dan have influenced, which there seems to be tons of them because I can hear so many people in Steely Dan having listened to them now. It seems that they were clearly hearing other people and being influenced by them at the same time. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. It it, it is definitely gentrified funk <laughs> yeah, yeah it's the only way i can put it well i've just while you were saying that i realized the band it reminds me of most is jamiroquai mm. i can totally yeah. imagine jamiroquai doing a cover yeah of this definitely song. Yeah. i mean it was the same thing really it was yeah. it was a gentrified version of something that was more exciting <laughs> yeah, that yeah. people understood and 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 got oh turn it into dance music that's what yeah, white yeah. people yeah. like <laughs> and then but uh but Jimmy Rickroy had better hats than Donald Fagan ever wore, mm, I have to say. That's true. He never wore a hat. But, yeah, I, I, think, I think, Dave, you're on a, you're onto something. And I think, you know, being the, uh, being the Dan apologist in the room, uh, <laughs> I, I would say that, that Steely Dan can take those jazzy influences, those jazzy flourishes, and do really nice things with them, as we heard last week, Andrew, on Ricky Deadly is that number. Uh, but uh, we, what we're hearing here is them trying to aim in a direction that doesn't suit them. Mm. And I think it's quite telling when they say we're trying to write a commercial hit. It's like they've gone, what do people like now here in reality in the mid-70s? We like stomping, turgid, slightly funky rock songs. Yeah. Let it loose. Absolutely. And you can imagine, you can imagine Anthony Kiedis from Red Hot Chili Peppers doing a vocal. This. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can definitely see that the uh, the the Red Hot Chili Peppers reference. It has got that that slow build up to a harmonious chorus and then start again. Mm. <laughs> and just do that three <laughs> times and then finish. It's because it got to kill forever. The thrill, the best again. No, that's that's Michael Jackson. He does mouth noises. It's close. But I will say that this is probably more um, inventive than anything Red Hot Chili Peppers has ever done. So uh... We sort of copped the name from a uh, uh, popular novel of the day because uh, we needed, needed to call it something. We had been calling ourselves, you know, Becker and Fagan and stuff like that, which sounded more or less like a delicatessen or some sort of, you know, tailoring outfit. And so we were glad to have something else to use. Would, would now be a good time for me to read out some... Um... Steely Dan erotic uh, fanfic that I found. Well, I don't think there's. I don't think there's ever a bad time. time. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I don't think there's a good or a bad time for that. Just you just have to do it. Okay. So this is written by a man called. Do you want to introduce the players for Dave's benefit though before you do it? Um, As in the band members. It, well, because we've created these kind of cartoon. Uh, simulcrums of of Steely Dan as we go along. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know it, it's not going to make sense today if he, he doesn't even know he's Fagan from his Becker. Sure. <laughs> okay. So what you need to know, Dave, is that um, the the main singer and principal songwriter is Donald Fagan. He mm-hmm. looks like a big 
shark man. He's like half man, half shark. <laughs> okay. He's got a, he's got a huge mouth. It's it's like when you see like a um, like a boa constrictor, and it's it's jaw just, just like dislocated jaw. Yeah, he's got that in like when he when he sings, it looks mm-hmm. like like a black hole is opening up. It's and, terrifying. Yeah, it is awful, and it has. He, I have <laughs> dreamt about him. That's Donald Fagan. He's the one who's singing. Okay. Whatever. We've then got Walter Becker, who is the other songwriter in the band, mm-hmm. and he's the bassist. So he tends right. to get overlooked a little bit, but mm-hmm. according to Ollie, insists that he's like fundamental to uh, Steely Dan, right? Third person you need to know in order to understand this pornographic fantasy is um, David Palmer. So David Palmer was on the first album. He was like the hang on. He was brought in as lead vocalist, mm-hmm. and then got edged out by Donald Fagan, as Donald Fagan okay. kind of grew in confidence. Grew, mm. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just getting into the fantasy. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna love this. I think Ollie's gonna go on mute about halfway through this. Uh... <laughs> So, this is uh, a bit of erotic fanfic called A Race of Angels Bound with One Another, which is a Steely Dan lyric. Uh, This was written by Margaritaville Antifa. And I would just like to say that if Margaritaville Antifa is listening to this, we're not being mean about your erotic fanfic. You know, it's it's more just, it's it's quite funny. I just don't want to upset him if he's if he's listening. Or her. Or her or her or her. Sorry. Oh now you've offended them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and our four percent of uh listeners who are women, according to Spotify Analytics. As much as that. <laughs> yeah. Well we've got up to four. <laughs> it was zero for a, for a while. <laughs> okay. So uh in this uh I, I'm just gonna read you little bits. So uh, it describes an apartment building in New York and there's a couple arguing who are called Pete and Diane. On the floor above, Donald Fagan and Walter Becker are uh, together. They are eavesdropping on this couple, right, and eavesdropping on their argument. It's then revealed that uh, Donald Fagan and Walter Becker are in a relationship, which is not... That is pure fantasy, as far as I know. Not canon to, to the Dan um, yeah. law. They've been yeah. shipped. Yeah. <laughs> I believe the term is. <laughs> is it? Yes. Okay. They've they, been shipped. They've been shipped. And uh, they are arguing about, they're having like a domestic about like, oh, what takeaway should we get? Should we go to this Chinese takeaway or whatever, right? The floor above, David Palmer, the uh, first lead vocalist from Steve Dunn, Steve Dunn mm-hmm. is listening to their bickering and wondering when it would end. Right, so that's the setup. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm so confused already. <laughs> Donald, Don, Fager and Becker yeah, are, are above a couple. Yeah. And David Palmer's above Becker and Fager. Yeah, so we've got Pete and Diane on the ground floor. Fager, arguing about Chinese restaurants. No, they're arguing about, <laughs> I don't know what, like, <laughs> just their relationship status. Okay. Then the floor above, you've got Becker, then Becker, Becker and Becker and Fagan are arguing. So they're arguing about Chinese restaurants and fucking. Yes. So Becker and Fagin on the middle floor are arguing about what they should get for takeaway and what they should watch on TV and stuff like that, right? And above them, David Palmer is hearing the whole the whole thing, right? Where did you where where did fucking come into it? You said they were they were fucking. I haven't. This is just the setup. Oh, so they are 
They they are seeing one another. They 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 are in the pro. They're not in the process of fucking. No, they have previously just... fucked. I believe. Yes, they have previously. Yeah, fucked. Okay. they have. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So sorry. Dialogue. This is pertinent information. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is where the dialogue begins. So Don, do you want to go to the bedroom? For what? You know what? Don't play dumb. Wait. I'm slightly drunk right now. I need you to spell it out for me. Okay. This is Becca. Okay. I want us to make the beast with two backs. Mm. Don tilted his head over like a confused dog. Walter, you know, making love, doing it, the old in and out. Don still looked confused. Walt sighed. Do you want to have sex? Oh! Oh, yeah, sure. Now, and the. Why is, why is Donald Fagan some like Lenny from fucking Of Mice and Men character? Yeah, yeah. Why has he, why is he oh. lost all mental faculties? Yeah. <laughs> oh! What a debut! <laughs> why is the other one quoting Shakespeare and I know, yeah, it's Clockwork like... Orange? Yeah. <laughs> it's impressive, isn't it? Anyway, so, sorry, so David Palmer continue. is upstairs, right, and he can hear all this. Poor old David Palmer. David dragged his fingers down his face. Of course they were going to fuck. Of course. And he was going to hear every moment, every moan that came out of Don and Walt. The last two people he wanted to imagine doing it. He threw a pillow over his face, trying to muffle out the sound as much as possible. Soon it would be over. Soon. Dot, dot, dot. Then we cut to the the recording studio, and David Palmer walks in, and Donald Fagan's like, oh, David, we've got a new song for you. Uh, David Palmer is, a, by the way, is a sort of a silky-voiced... Um, gentle fairy creature of a man he's a, he's, yeah. a, he's a sort of elfin um beauty with a very lo- lovely high voice yeah just to give you some sort of you you want to know the characters <laughs> yeah sorry andrew do, do, do go no on. i mean that's basically it so they 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 say like oh yeah we've got this new song for well, you that's it <laughs> yeah it's all about the build-up. You know, that's the thing about erotica, Ollie. Uh, it, it's all about the build-up, not the... Uh... What, you haven't got a lob no... on yet? <laughs> there, was, there, was no, there was no erotica. Yeah, there was. It was, some, it was someone, like, if looking pained at the idea of two people fucking. <laughs> that's not erotica. I mean, maybe there's a market for that. If you wanted to fuck Walter Becker, if you wanted to fuck Walter Becker, and you heard this line, you know, making love, doing it, the old in and out... <laughs> You would be aroused. Why did you have to explain what sex was? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Twice. It's wonderful. Twice. Sorry, but sorry. Okay, but clear up. What happened at the studio? I think I cut you off. I didn't. I don't. I still don't understand what happened. Uh, so basically, so the, the 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 song that they're recording in the studio is "Brooklyn Owes the Charmer Under Me," which is a real song. Oh. Which is about an apartment building with all these different people living in it, right? So in the store in the in the fanfic, <laughs> Donald Fagan is like, "Oh, uh, David, we've got a new uh, song for you. It's about that apartment we lived in. Remember?" And then David, like, you know, it's a sort of uh, canned laughter, fade to black kind of thing as David remembers hearing Walton Don uh, making the beast with two backs. Oh God, mm. what a nightmare! Where do Jack and Diane? <laughs> is that their names? Where do they talk, Where do they come in? <laughs> Pete and Diane, they're just setting the vibe, you know, like a, a great novelist would, you know, it's like, welcome to New York, uh, we've got this tenement building with all these different couples, here's Pete and Di- Diane, you know. So it's like a Woody Allen okay. film, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but with gay sex. But really short, sure. no character <laughs> development, and, and for terrible dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Again, apologies to uh, Magaluf Prasina or whatever. The yeah. Name was. yeah, I can't. I'm sorry, but I can't apologize. I. Th- <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice, isn't it? It's nice. It's not like. Uh, well, it's not another... too raunchy. It's not too raunchy. It keeps it, it winds it back a bit, just like mm. Steely Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They pull out just before, just before uh, you, you're yeah. starting to enjoy yourself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, just something I found on the internet. Well, that's going in the wank bank. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew, for sharing that <laughs> nugget of internet ephemera. I I started. Maybe doing more of the music. The music. The music. So, so it was a more complex the music after a while. The music. Hey, it's it's gonna be boring if they, if if we don't add some some rubby rubby notes. I'd like to open this segment by quoting a quote that I don't understand, <laughs> uh, which is that guitar.com described this song as an acetylene comping of Dean Parks. Acetylene? acetylene? An acetylene comping of Dean Parks. <laughs> now, if there's any one person on this earth that that might make sense to, it's you, Andrew Suter. So do you have any uh, idea what the fuck that means? Well, Dean Parks must be the, the player. Who's Dean Parks? I assume he's the guitarist. For a start. Who, who's Dean Parks, for a start? What, why are you repeating that? I've just said he's <laughs> probably, probably the guitarist. He's not the guitarist on this song. Right. Oh, is he the guitarist so what, on Ricky? No, I don't know what he is. Well, nor do I. <laughs> Look, okay, what I do so know what, what I do know is this. Comping is rhythm guitar playing. Yeah. Or rhythmic so, piano accompaniment. So, so what is what is acetylene? Acetylene. It's a flammable gas, apparently. <laughs> right. So are they saying this is an explosive copy? I think it's of just Dean a wanky Parks. way of saying it's an explosive version, yes. Uh, of Dean Parks, so Dean Parks is not in, is not a session musician on this track. Dean Parks. Is... Do you even know who you who he is? Because you've been cagey about that. No, I've no idea. You're giving. Well, you're... no, nor do I. But I thought because you love old guitar <laughs> wank men. Sure, but you're giving me way too much credit. I wasn't like holding anything back there. I was just like. No, you were being you know you were being cagey though. I, I wasn't I, honestly. <laughs> let's not fight. <laughs> I... Do you know who do you, do you know who plays drums on this? Anyone? No. Yes, yes, I do actually, because I looked at the Wikipedia go on, page. Go on, Andrew. If you, if you. Uh, so, the, all of the tracks on the album were, by, were drums were by Jim Gordon, except mm-hmm. for this track, which was Jeff Porcaro, later of yes. uh, Toto fame. Uh, Jeff Porcaro at this point was about twelve years old. Um, do you want to hear a little story about there about him coming into this session? Mm. <clears throat> so, uh, I'll give you a bit of background. Becker and Fagan have decided they need a precision pre- precision drummer for Night by Night. Uh, and Denny Diaz, uh, the guitarist, is like, I know a guy. So they call Jeff Bacara, mate of Denny's. He comes straight to the studio like that night. He drives down or is driven. Um, and the studio's called Cherokee Ranch, okay? So Cherokee Ranch, uh, I'm quoting from some article or other here. Cherokee Ranch was a studio built in a barn and had above its doorway an ornamental rope with a noose attached. 45 minutes later, Jeff arrived and saw the noose. Denny introduced us and Jeff's first words were, I know you guys have a rough reputation on musicians, but this is way out of line. (laughs) He didn't say that. 
that's apparently what happened. There's no way. That is pure apocrypha. That, did, that, that, is, <laughs> that is far too. That's far too well expressed to actually happen. You can the moment. totally imagine. He sees a noose on the wall, and he's like, "I'm going to crack a joke to uh, break the to ice. Break the ice with these dickheads." Um, <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Do you think? What do you think, Dave? Do you think that um, happened? He was twelve years old when he said that. No, he's about eighteen oh. actually. Oh, that, okay. was a, that was an overstatement. Okay, but uh, mm. yeah, I mean, it still it sounds it does sound like something straight out of an Agatha Christie novel or something. It doesn't sound like natural dialogue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost as bad as the fanfic. It, yes. I ah, see you guys have been making the beast with two backs in here. <laughs> His ham-fisted exegesis in last month's Vanity Fair made me cringe. So, uh, look, I don't have a lot to say. Like, it's got a, it's got, it, we've sort of covered it a little bit i mm. think already it's it's got a funky riff it's got a funky sound it's got funky tight horns it's funky but it's never loose enough to be truly considered funky it is serviceable mid-70s rock funk yeah uh done very capably yeah have either of you heard the band chicago yes i think this is very um, very mm. chicago tastic yeah Rock with well, horns. it's this is well. I I don't know Chicago very well, mm. um, but it's it does feel to me like Steely Dan are trying to do like other seventies yeah. rock bands. It's, it, it's it's Marvin Gaye mixed in with Angel Delight, basically. It's just <laughs> that that yeah. It, yeah. It's I mean, I'd totally be well up for that if it wasn't for the Marvin Gaye flesh yeah. floating in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's um, yeah. It's def- definitely got that Chicago feel to it. It's. Um, it's very much one of those tracks that would only have come out of this decade, and uh, and, yeah. and probably. Well, I don't know. Did it not do particularly well? I assume. Well, it was an album track, ah, so right, it was okay. never. It was never yeah. a single. I mean, um, I imagine if they released it as a single, it would just put one of those tracks that floats around in the the top five, maybe. And you don't really hear it at the time, but you hear it on every seventies compilation CD mm. that comes out for the next thirty years. It's just got one of those vibes to it. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's quite telling, I think, that Steely Dan wrote it as their commercial song, mm. but then didn't uh, release it. The record label, the record label, did not release yeah. it and didn't, didn't use it as a single. And in fact, it's surrounded by two songs which are which did much better. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's a funny one. It's uh, it suffers from its sequencing as well. On that point, I think like the, the last song, uh, Dave Ricky, is like the Steely Dan song, mm. especially in America. It's like it's like the one they're all remembered for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the massive hit, and then the one that follows was the B side, I believe, to Ricky. And it's like this lovely light kind of acoustic guitar and whatever number uh, called any major dude would tell you. Uh, oh yeah, and is, then, that, is that, that up next? That's up next. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do you know what? I've I've never I've always listened to this song in the context of the album. Listened to the album through, and it's and it's always seemed fine. I'm like, this song is fine. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting a frog in my throat. Um, not, not because I'm like emotional. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, like, it's fine because, because I'm yeah, ill. Yeah. How could they? It's how could fine. they do this? To I me? just think it's fine. <laughs> and I get a bit more Georgie the higher I go. 
Um, it's uh, this is the first time I've sat down. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to listen to this song as its own thing. Like, and um, and I'm struck by how little there is to say about <laughs> it when, when you consider it. It's as you flow through the album, it is a lovely little bridge between two much better songs. But as it stands, I, I, I don't. It is I, funny you like say that about Ricky, though, because Ricky is uh, currently sat at only the fifth most popular Steely Dan song on Spotify. Oh, um, oh! The stats man is out with his. Uh, I, the only reason I, the only reason I brought that up is because I've literally just listened to it before coming on this podcast. But yeah, really, in the years, dirty work, do it again, hey oh, nineteen, yeah. and then Ricky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right because because uh, the first one, two of those, really in the years, and do it, do it again, were big and dirty work. And dirty work. That's yeah. like they're all they're all first album hits, and they're all like. They're all very rock radio friendly. Although yeah. Dirty Work is is more of a sort of rediscovered thing. Hey Nineteen was like their other big hit, went, which came off their last album before. Well, those, before the Reformation, those top three there uh, have got plays in the hundred to one hundred and seventy five million wow. um, listens, wow. and Ricky is only at fifty million. Only fifty million, <laughs> but quite quite a chunk behind that other album, though. I'm quite surprised because yeah. it is the the best that I've heard so far. Mm. So um, Ricky is, yeah, yeah. Oh, that bodes well. Oh, you should you should explore further. <laughs> so it's um, you see, yeah, it's this is when I get into kind of Jehovah's Witness mode. <laughs> yeah. If you offer them a cup of tea and then you never come out, yeah, you never come out. Are alive, you going to leave like, me well. some literature? <laughs> <laughs> I should carry around little uh, little pamphlets. <laughs> Understanding your relationship with Steely. Yeah. Would it be one of those ones where it's like, we live in a world of uncertainty? <laughs> <laughs> Why not make it worse and listen to Steely Dan? <laughs> You'll never be certain again. <laughs> Andrew. Yeah. You next. Any any comments on the music? Uh, the guitar solo, I can't decide whether I like it or not because it... it it lifts the song when the guitar solo starts it's kind of like a nice break from the, this fucking funk dirge but then the solo itself is kind of a bit sweaty and leathery and and you know what i mean would well, you do you know who does the solo is it your friend and mine jeff skunk baxter it is indeed yeah so um, i think i'll leave do you want to tell do you want to do you want to give dave a short Sort of a, a very short because I know you yeah. get very <laughs> passionate about Jeff Skunk Baxter. Do you want to give Dave a very short introduction to the world okay. of uh, JSB? So Je- Jeff uh, Jeff Skunk Baxter was the guitarist on the first three Steely Dan albums. Okay, and then he left to form the Doobie Brothers. Uh, uh, he, right, okay. he is a man with a large droopy moustache, like comically droopy moustache, um, who basically reinvented himself in the 80s as a sort of uh, missile defence expert. <laughs> okay. So he taught himself all about missiles and how to build like miss- missile defence systems <laughs> to the point where he now has like security clearance on various <laughs> US government bodies and panels. Wow. Uh, and he still looks... He's still got the handlebar moustache. Yeah. He still looks exactly the same. What a career so, change. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, quite a character, but he's he's a total cunt because he he's like uh, a massive hawk. There's all these quotes about like wanting to kiss the ground, like kiss the soil in America because it's the land of the free and like, yeah, one of those, one of those. Well, my favourite quote uh, from from old Skunky is he was like basically he was justifying the invasion of Afghanistan 
And he was like, it was when they started executing musicians that I thought, you know, we really need to step up. So yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, like he, he couldn't give a fuck about yeah. the Afghan well, the, people. Well, those are the most important people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I agree with him. I'm going to go and build my own missiles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, I really want to, uh, off the back of this podcast, I really want to write like a biopic about Scott Baxter. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, been a, on the back burner for a while. Yeah. Strange old life. Yeah, just um, like what would his what does his mum think? <laughs> effectively, like uh, the the sort of subplot of this podcast has been Andrew's tension with uh, with Skunk Baxter, and he's gone through all the stages of kind of grief and rejection and yeah. anger and all the rest of it because he. You really like Skunk Baxter's guitar playing. Yeah, he's don't great. You? He's he's the best thing about Steely Dan. So, <laughs> so what you have is this is is this sort of. Um, Cognitive dissonance in Andrew, which is yeah. which is uh, yeah. manifested throughout. Yeah, you, how would you how would you be when Skunk leaves now? Bored. What's this? Yeah, <laughs> listless. I'll just be I'll like, see. you'll be talking, and I'll just be staring out the window, just remembering my favourite oh, Skunk God. moments. You know, I can just give you the I can just give you the cold hard damn facts. Yeah, <laughs> and you'll just you'll just literally be a vessel for my <laughs> voice. Oh, yeah. My. yeah. Um, uh, any any more thoughts, Dave, on on the music? Um, other than I quite liked it. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. That's about all I've got. It's um, yeah. It's I mean, it's not something that's gonna stick around in the brain for a great deal of time uh, in terms of like a, a standout track. But it's certainly not off-putting <laughs> is that a good thing to say? Well, it's not a horrible song. It's it's about it's got. As far as I've got, I think, um, yeah. Uh, if I if this was the only track that I'd listened to, uh, I would say it made me want to listen to more stuff by them. Not necessarily on the merits of it as a song as a whole, but just in the fact that there's a lot there's a lot going on in it. I think it's not a case of oh god, this track is just incredibly boring and has nothing in it. But having listened to their other stuff in comparison, it is quite a a bland <laughs> Steely Ten song, so it's a strange one, really. If you come at it from the outside, it, it, there's quite a lot going on. But when you come at it from within side, there's yeah, there's less to talk about than a lot of the other tracks. So, I just, yeah. I just feel like, I just feel like I should have started this podcast with Dave. Andrew, <laughs> yeah, because he's he's gone and listened to Steely Dan, and he's like, there's some interesting stuff going on here. Yeah. Uh, whereas I had to basically. Claw it out of him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had to sit here for weeks while you glumly went. Um, That's not true. The, the second the, the second episode we did was about dirty work, and I was like, "This is an absolute banger. This is a great song." No, you never said it's an absolute. Banger. I did. I also I also said, accused I, it of like I, rank misogyny. But um, you know, if you forget all about that, it's a total banger. That is one of the prerequisites for enjoying Steely Dan is forgetting about rank yeah. misogyny. Yeah, I've, no, I've noticed. Yeah, <laughs> that's the same with every seventies song. Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, what I said of Ricky last episode was this is like this is such a perfectly constructed song that there's almost not much you can say mm. about it. But and I can almost say the same about this song, but in a completely different way. This is like they're ticking boxes for seventies funky <laughs> rock tropes and doing it like. And and doing it really well. You know what I th- Whereas, what I thought when I listened to it is I would have preferred it 
if there were no vocals and instead swap the vocals out for just some jazzy instrument solos instead. Mm-hmm. It feels mm-hmm. like it's just a, a ripe bed for somebody mm-hmm. going wild on a guitar or a trumpet or a piano or just something. But as soon as those vocals came in, initially what I thought was, oh, may, maybe I didn't, I'm not going to like these guys because the vocals sound weirdly overproduced on this uh, that they don't on other tracks and it doesn't change until it gets to the harmony and then it sounds fine in the harmony I think because it's layered but then when it's just him singing on his own it just doesn't quite sit on the track for me so uh, that was the only thing I could mm. think of I wish they got rid of him <laughs> his yeah. stupid singing voice all over this track and they've just thrown in some wild yeah. wild bluesiness that would have... I'm on I'm on such a ride here because I was so I was so like Dave's on board with yeah, this yeah. and then he's just joined Andrew in the fake and hatred. I was going to say we should it, we should do a breakaway podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, but is it is it a bit is it a bit of Phil Collinsness to the voice? Because sometimes I think there's a you know how Phil Collins yeah. always sounds like he's three people. Uh, you know, funnily enough, I've got down Peter Gabriel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I've I put down Peter Gabriel because there was a track. I can't even remember which one it was now, but it, it literally it sounds like Peter Gabriel must have ripped them off at some point because it sounds so much like a Peter Gabriel track. Mm. Oh, um, I'd like to hear that. I, I, I need to I need to find it again. It must have been one of the top ones. But yeah, it had such a, a Peter Gabriel vibe to it. But yeah, Phil Collins, is, I would guess Genesis in general, really. It's... Uh, it all come. It all seems to come from the uh, that same eighties cloth. They they kind of did the same yeah. thing, really, didn't they? Just in a different decade. There's, there's a vocal sound which is very Genesis, mm. which I, I hear in the Dan sometimes. Yeah. Um, which is which is like yeah, it's it's like they've quadruple tracked the voice. Yeah. There's definitely something about. I couldn't quite place it honestly. It just felt. It was, at first I thought maybe it's just a bit nasally. But having listened to other stuff that he's in, he doesn't sound quite the same as he does on this. So I don't know if it's just the bed of music that it's sat on that's causing the issue. Because as I say, when it harmonises, I think that sounds really good. It fits with the music and then it goes back to just him again. I'm like, oh, yeah. I wish, I wish <clears throat> it was something else. I, I mean, he is nasally mm. and... His voice, Donald Fagan's voice, isn't a quiet taste. You might have gone to other tracks where David Palmer's singing. No, possibly, is much better. <laughs> possibly. Damn! Okay, it's time for San Francisco Show and Tell, the part of the podcast where, on alternate episodes. Ollie and I bring in something uh, to show each other. Um, in the past, this has been little musical spoofs. Uh, Ollie did a knitting pattern at one point. What I have done in honour of our guest, Dave, Rose Tinted Spectrum, is I have written a ZX Spectrum style text adventure based oh on wow. uh, on uh, Steely Dan. I don't know. I'm surprised you know what a text adventure is. <laughs> Although probably the last time you played a computer game was was like around the time of text adventures, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so what I thought we could do is basically I will read out the the uh, text, and then Dave, you can 
because uh, you know it's like what now or what do you you know what do mm-hmm. you choose? You know I know how text works. adventures work. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, don't you, you know, patronize me? <laughs> you know, you, you know so much more about text adventures than I do. <laughs> I've pulled this out of my ass. Um, <laughs> Thank you for doing so. But you could so you could be you're you're playing the text adventure basically. Yes. Okay. I'm not the text adventure. <laughs> I am. I'm, play, I'm playing. Okay. I'm the I'm the bearer of text. I'm, I think I'm dungeon got master. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Okay. You wake up in a barren field, naked and alone. The wind is howling. At your feet is an old oak trunk inscribed with the single word, Dan. What do you do? Uh, 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 just a piece of wood. No, a trunk, like a... Oh, like a tree know. trunk, sorry. No, no. Like oh, a, like a... Um, case. <laughs> like a chest. <laughs> yeah, chest. Got this Andrew, text Andrew adventure. in archaic. This text adventure is <laughs> terribly <laughs> written. <laughs> uh, uh, open, open the trunk. Great, you've opened the trunk. Inside is a scroll, <laughs> yeah. a cloak, and a wand. What do you choose? Um, I will take the cloak. Great, you've chosen the scroll. You unroll it with shivering hands. <laughs> you unroll it with shivering hands, your balls now jingling like wind chimes, and you read. Seeker of truth, you who slayed the gorgon in her lair, who poisoned the cup of the razor boy. That's a Steely Dan reference. Thanks. You who vanquished <laughs> You who vanquished Lord Grimaldus in a series of increasingly far fetched tasks, it is time for your most exacting quest yet. You must travel to the Village Recorder studio in West Los Angeles and tell Steely Dan drummer Jim Hodder that he is to play a limited role on the new album to be replaced on most tracks by session drummer Jim Gordon. Break the news gently, for he is a man of tender heart. OK, now a compass appears on the screen. Where do you want to go? In which direction do you want to travel? I've already... That's how text adventures work. <laughs> I've already forgotten. Um, in the correct direction, please. Great, you're now travelling in the, in the correct direction. You come across a tavern. Yeah? Excellent. From outside, you hear merry voices and a roaring fire. As the voices enter, are outside, or I hear them outside. From outside. Okay, right, yeah. So uh, they're inside. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, this is really poorly written. <laughs> from where you are, outside, you hear merry voices and a roaring fire inside. Inside, okay. Yeah. As you enter... <laughs> As you enter, a leering, shark-jawed man behind the bar catches your eye and says, What can I get you, traveller? Tis the night of the Michaelmas pig dance, so we have scant provisions. But I can offer you a thimbleful of ale, a handful of pretzels, or a cloak to cover your shame. Because you're, you're still naked. What do you choose? Uh, uh, the cloak. Sorry, when was he naked? I've been, been naked, naked all since along. The beginning. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I missed that. And even though there was a cloak before, he wouldn't let me take it, so I'm going to take the cloak now. Yeah. Okay. Great, you've chosen the pretzels. <laughs> Having travelled many miles in the bitter cold, you gobble them up. All of a sudden, you feel woozy and your eyelids droop. As your feet give way and you tumble onto the frigid flagstones of the tavern, you hear a voice snicker, Only a fool would say that. It's a it's a <laughs> Game over. You wake up in a barren field, naked and alone. It starts again. Oh, okay. This time take the clock. <laughs> <laughs> again, again. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very sure Andrew only wrote those directions, but like, let's just keep. Let's, let's just, just keep going. On. Let's let's see keep what, going. I want to see what happens. What's my score? What's my score? <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I don't know how accurate that is as a. That you uh, did very uh, well. That was good. I didn't. Dying within three moves. Seems that very, do, that uh, does seem very text adventure or just any game from the 1980s. Let's be honest. Well, I enjoyed your videos about Dizzy because I used to play Dizzy when I was a kid. Because mm. you were saying like, yeah, it's the chances of having to start everything over again are so numerous. Yes. It's just like Constant. really, really irritating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you died. Time to do exactly what you've just done all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's the But standard. it wasn't annoying as a child, was it? It was kind of, it was just well, like a voyage of discovery, yeah. jumping between tree houses. Yeah. And just the fact you could jump between tree houses as an egg was <laughs> somehow wonderful. The magical egg. Yeah. yeah, but it was still no, was annoying. I think. Well. It was annoying, but you had nothing better to do. <laughs> that's that's the biggest difference. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, yeah. if something yeah. is annoying, you have a billion other things you can go and look at, or smell, yeah. or eat. And yet we, and yet we continue to do a Steve Dunn podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, this is what it's got to. <laughs> you can yeah. literally do anything now. Somehow we we got into writing these like. Vaguely sadomasochistic uh, lyrics. Um, not that either of us were really involved in anything like that, but it, it just it, it seemed like uh, fresh material, you know? Yeah, let's talk lyrics. Bada boom, bada boring. Um, what's the vibe of this? What's the lyrical vibe of this song? Sum it up for me, anyone. What is this song about? It's basically it's- just about a guy not giving a shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I can really take from it. It's just like, oh, I've got to do stuff. I don't really, I don't really care. So just whatever. That that's literally <laughs> what the song is about. Yeah, it's like it's a cutthroat world. It's dog eat dog out there. There's all this crime and jealousy and mayhem. But I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna vibe. I'm just gonna, yeah. I'm just gonna, uh, yeah. Until his ship well, my... comes in, but I don't know what he's referring to. With his ship, whether it's a literal ship he's waiting for while all of this stuff is going on because mm, he's in the navy yeah. or if it's a metaphorical ship where he gets taken away to a life in which he doesn't have to look at people who are jealous and causing mayhem which seems to be the two things he really despises <laughs> I mean, I take uh, so what I put was my notes say it's, it's it's a dude's down on his luck. He's justifying being an asshole because that's how the world works, and he's got to find a way out of his problem. So you know, I I get the vibe that he's saying like, look, I might not be the nicest guy in the world, but that's because you know, nice guys don't go far. Yeah. Mm. And until I get until I get better luck, until my ship comes in. I will continue to be a bit of a dick mm. because that's the only way to get anything. I think. Out of anything. I think uh, part of the problem for me with this lyric is like it's kind of a tough guy character, isn't it? You know, it's like this street talk, like I could cut it in this rube town, or this like <laughs> street slang and whatever. It, it his voice doesn't really suit it. So you know, there's mm. that line where he's like, "When it tried to hang that sign on me, I said, take it down." <laughs> You know, it sounds really like it does, it does sound. Yeah, it doesn't quite have the uh, the emotional weight <laughs> to yeah. really land. What is what is the, talking of that lyric? What is the sign? Uh, the sign is the Joker trying to tell him <laughs> that he could cut it in this rube town. So the guy is trying to say to him, "You oh, can cut it yeah. in this town," and he's like brushing his shoulders and then yeah. wandering off. 
with a fag in his mouth. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even connect the fact that the, <laughs> hanging the sign on here might refer to the lines. Before. Yeah, I think it's just a run-on sentence because I think that's what most of this track is. It's just one yeah. long I, sentence. I didn't know if it was because it because it mentions beggars at the start and yeah. stuff. I didn't know. No, no, if sorry, sorry, Ollie, saying, it actually mentions beggars. Yeah, well, this is the thing. Okay, <laughs> let's do that lyric then. Okay, so when so I always thought this was. Uh, it's a Vegas life. Yeah. It's a Vegas life, said the Queen of Spain. Because of the weird fucking way that Donald Fagan <laughs> yeah. pronounced this is beggars. Beggars. But we've seen this before, Andrew, have we, we not? Have. We saw it on Do, on do, it, do again. it Again. Yeah. When it's uh what's for what's for lyric? Um You swear and kick and beggars. <laughs> yeah, rhyming with Vegas, <laughs> um, right? Which which we which we took as a sort of like very Odd way of dis- of rhyming Vegas with Vegas, but actually, but it turns out now this from this song he just, that's literally how he pronounces the word Vegas. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like on um, uh, the Boston Rag where he's like Seventh Avenue. You know, he's he he has a weird way with vowels. <laughs> that's such a way with vowels. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, we uh, yeah. I've been, I'm I'm uh, so fascinated by that very first line because I don't think the Queen of Spain ever said that. <laughs> I don't know why he he immediately starts his song off with a complete false statement. Yeah. Oh, wait, did you look it yeah. up? Yeah. I, I, I couldn't find I, I couldn't bother. find anything about the Queen of Spain saying it's a beggar's life. Yeah. But but that's like he goes straight in there with his poorly syllabled first set of lyrics um, with something that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so so I think it starts as it means to go on. I don't really understand what the fictional Queen of Spain's point is, anyway. No. no. So it's like... It's a beggar's life, said the Queen of Spain, but don't tell it to a poor man, because he's got to kill for every thrill the best he can. Yeah, that's another line that I don't like, because he's got to kill for every thrill, and then there's a little pause, and then the best he can. But (laughs) does he mean he has to kill the best he can, or does... He have to try and get the best thrills he can by killing. I don't oh. really understand what his point is. I, I thought it meant that he's got to do his best to kill in order to obtain a thrill. Oh, okay. It's how I how read does it. that relate but... to being a beggar? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> no, I think he's. I think the Queen of Spain slash Donald Bagan is saying like, uh, if you're a poor man. Then it's like a yeah ruthless cutthroat oh, like world a doggy where you dog have to world. like yeah you have to kill in order to get any pleasure you have to sort of be rough and violent in order to get your kicks right well that makes more sense said the queen I of think. Spain no that <laughs> yeah. does but that does make more sense it doesn't explain queen of Spain it doesn't explain queen of Spain um, apart from but, uh, but bear in mind that Steely Dan loved to include like. Uh, you know, enig- enigmatic characters in their songs. Yeah, so. yeah, well, because they've they've listened to Bob Dylan before. Sorry, I was going to say, I wonder if he's done it for the rhyming scheme, but it doesn't rhyme with anything, so <laughs> he hasn't done it for that reason. Uh, yeah. Uh, what well, I mean, my problem, my problematic lyric, just in terms of making sense of it, was was the following four lines. Everywhere around me, I see jealousy and mayhem. And then the following is just word salad. I mean, maybe maybe you guys can explain this to me. <laughs> no, it is. Um, <laughs> because no men have all their peace of mind to carry them. So what... Uh, be, okay, no men have <laughs> all their peace... 
I, I literally can't. I literally don't understand. I think he's basically saying, saying nobody has nobody has the ability to carry themselves, but because he needed it to fit into very specific stanza, he mashed up the sentence and threw in some extra words so that it fit with the song. So what it's saying is nobody has a com- nobody has complete peace of mm-hmm. mind that they would need to, to carry, carry themselves through yes. life. So okay. Oh, but I it, thought it's rendered. I thought as, them was jealousy and mayhem. I see jealousy and mayhem because no men. Me. <laughs> I thought it was like I see jealousy and mayhem everywhere, but all these people they don't have complete peace of mind, so they're unable to carry jealousy and mayhem. But that doesn't make sense. But so <laughs> fine. It's like some why sort is of it ri- why is it written like Middle English or something? Uh, That's my question. Yeah. Literally, the literally the words because no men have all their peace of mind. Yeah, that's sounds sounds like someone's run out of the right squares yeah. on one of those refrigerator poetry yes. things. Yeah, yeah, um, it's very it's very odd. Yeah, uh, I do think though that you know you're saying why the Queen of Spain. I do think it is a little Dylanish because we know that Steely Dan liked Dylan. Liked mid sixties Dylan, and Dylan in the mid sixties is always having these like royal characters, like Queen Jane and the Queen of Spades and stuff. Mm. And no, the reason, it, and also because in the second verse it's like the Joker, and in All Along uh, the Watchtower there's like said the Joker to the thief, and they mention hearts, um, but they don't mention <laughs> spades or clubs. <laughs> yes, mm, and I believe I think I think Bob Dylan has used the words life. Tell man <laughs> got <laughs> and around. Um, what is a what's a rube town? Town full of rubes. Yeah. What's a rube? Rube town is like rubes, uh, a, a very low class person. Oh, like a redneck kind of. Right. A, okay. Well, a rube is more of a foolish person, I believe. So, yeah, if, if you were to call somebody a rube, it would be to say they're they're keen to fall for any trick in the book. Oh, right. Okay. So they're kind of green. Yes. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, I didn't know that. I assumed it was like a trickster. No, it's... Uh, I'm trying to think of where you would likely hear it. You would. It's this kind of thing that you would hear in like an old... Well, yeah, 70, 70s film, really. In like New York street kind of yeah. film. Where people would be calling each other rubes. But like, it this, mean... this kid was a real rube. Yeah. That kind of thing. It's... Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it it tends to be used whether it was originally that or not. I don't know, but yeah, it tends to be used as a if if somebody was conning somebody else, they would refer to them as a rube. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, okay. So maybe so, what so, he's, so maybe what he's resisting is the idea that he's a rube, mm. as in when he tried to hang that sign on me. Maybe it's that the the Joker, the rube sign, yeah. the rube. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm no rube. Well, when he said to hang that sign on me, I thought of like because obviously it's introduced as it's a beggar's life. Mm. I assumed it was a sign saying like "will work for food" or something. Oh right, you know the sort of the highway beggar who who like have a sign saying "ex military." Mm. I need some money. Well, I, th- I think with it describing a rube town, I think when you when you're discussing towns in general, it tends to mean like country towns. So I don't know if. It's a case of this guy with him talking about ships and I'm guessing he's sort of a travelling gentleman and he doesn't want to stick around in this like country town mm-hmm. and people are like, oh, you should settle down. He's like, nah. 
I'm going somewhere else, and that's that's basically it. I think it's just him mm. moving on. So is this from the voice of a con man who's like, I can't be fucked with this redneck place. I'm going to the next one. Yeah, but that's why he lives night by night. You know, he lives for the he lives he lives for the nights and all the tricks. Oh uh, yeah, because he's talking muster. about the dawn patrol as well, which I presume yeah. would mean people, the law or somebody coming to move yeah. on or, or something along those lines. Yeah. They do yeah. this a lot, don't they? Where they just like, it's just sort of suggests like a sort of uh, low life world of mm. kind of criminals and drunks and like ne'er do well yeah. characters, but you, you never really can pin it down to a particular situation. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? It's great, isn't it? It's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> um, this isn't this isn't their best lyrical uh, 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 in that regard, I don't think, mm. but. Yeah, I think that's the vibe, isn't it? It's like, it's like, it's like the twat that you know, their justification for being a twat, mm. basically. Yeah, and that must have been autobiographical because Donald Fagan. Oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Is it a bad lyric? I mean, I mean, it's not the yeah. worst. <laughs> it, it it doesn't exactly stand out as something that I would. Like, oh, those lyrics really struck my heart with the lyrical wordsmithery. It's just, but it's not annoying. It's not like, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the the thing that hits you more than anything else is that chorus, because that's the bit that you tend to pick out. And uh, yeah, the chorus is fine. There's it's nothing <laughs> in it that, that's upsetting in any way. I mean, I really that's struggled. A, that's score one for Steely Dan, because that's, that's not always the case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I couldn't pick out most of the lyrics. Listening to this, mm. I found that the vocals quite like buried compared to mm. their other stuff. There's this website called Genius.com. If you go there, it's got all the lyrics you could need. Just just go there, and the, the, the lyrics are there. You don't have to. Uh, yeah, yeah. You don't have to tra- transcribe it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But I mean, when I was li- yes, thank you, Ollie. What I mean is, <laughs> before I decided to sit down and read the lyrics, and mm. was just listening to it. I couldn't really make out anything. What, you mean you couldn't pass the sentence because no men have all their peace of mind to carry them? <laughs> that is what Ollie's t- tattoo should be. <laughs> oh, just right across the collarbone. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, not even the, not even the, to carry them, but just, all, just that one line. <laughs> because no men have all their peace of mind. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I love it. And then uh, maybe have the quote attributed to the Queen of Spain just underneath. <laughs> it's uh, yeah it's like one of those it's like when you when people get chinese tattoos and then they're back translated into yeah. english that's it sounds like one of those sort of things. Yeah, yeah yeah well just a reminder offer still open i'm i'll get my, i'll get tatted wonderful just give you a few stars please slam or scam have you explained this today? Um, I, I was just going to ask that. <laughs> uh, this is basically, do you like the song or not? I, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. but a slam, a slam is good, but a scam is bad. Yeah. There are subcategories, but, you know. Yeah, let's not... I'm gonna, not tonight. No, not tonight. No, no. <laughs> so, it's time to rate this song as a real slam, good, or a real scam, bad. And guests first, as ever, we will let Dave from Roast Into Spectrum... Give us his verdict. Is this a royal slam or a royal scam? I'm gonna go with slam. I liked it. <laughs> in the grand That's in the up. grand scheme of things, one of the first tracks that I've heard by them properly, and 
yeah, not my favourite that I've heard since, but uh, <laughs> it's certainly better than what I thought it. It could have been worse, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. It could have been worse. Is that yeah. uh, is that is that good enough? It's um, yeah, not the best track that I've heard by him, but I don't know. I don't know enough on them yet. It was a pleasant surprise, I guess. It's is where I'm uh, I'm headed. Yeah, and Andrew, what, what's your what's your thoughts? This song made me quite sad because I was really I really enjoyed Ricky, and had high hopes for this album. Uh, and I just found this really just like nondescript and I hate the horns <laughs> and I think Fagin sounds silly and the lyrics are nothingy. Uh but <laughs> it's a slam. No. But uh I have it has been going around my head like all day. Mm. It is catchy mm. and it's not unfunky. Like it's not proper funky, it's not like funkadelic or something, but it's yeah. like mm-hmm. it, it does have a groove. Yeah, it's I don't like, know. It's like serviceably, serviceably funky. Mm. Yeah, it's just, as Dave, you know, kicked off by saying it's gentrified funk. Yeah. If your boss said, "I need some funk by five o'clock," mm. Andrew Souter, and you came up with this, oh, yeah. I think he'd say you've done a, you've done a, you've done a fine job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think you'd be up for a promotion, but I think you'd be like, <laughs> "Thanks for, thanks for getting this done so quickly." <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, despite those extenuating factors. I'm going to say it's a royal scam just because it's I I didn't enjoy it and I'm never going to listen to it again ever. Yeah. So I guess my question and this is a bit exclusive of Dave, but like if you heard this and you heard this as a track on Can't Buy a Thrill, just imagine it in within that album. Would it stand out on that album? No. <laughs> That's not what you wanted me to say, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm just, I'm just curious because I, I guess my, my feeling with this song is that it, it does what it needs to do perfectly well. Yeah. But it's never stood out to me, and by, by the looks of my research, looking at like you know, you'll get a feel for how well liked and how well known a Steely Dan song is, like because you, I do fucking, I do all my research and I, you know, and and like usually like something like Ricky, there's loads of stuff to talk about. This one, it's just like there's not. But there's not a whole lot of people out here out there saying, "Oh, this is a really bad Steely Dan song." Yeah. Either, it's it's kind of almost like yeah. this is this song has passed everyone. Yeah, it's just by. straight down the line, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, so with with that in mind, I don't think it's bad at what it does. I, I don't know whether to. But this is the problem um, with the scam or slam rating system. Is it's like if we're all judging or it binary. <laughs> yeah, it's like totally binary. But also, is it are we saying this succeeds at what it sets out to do? Because that's one thing, and the, but saying I like this song is completely subjective and separate from whether it's. Uh, I can't believe you're you're doubting <laughs> the system now. I've been doubting it for a while, to be honest. Even though I came up with it. Yeah. Um, so so look, we there are nuances. We could say soft. I could say soft slam, or I could say soft scam. Mm-hmm. Couldn't I? And I'm wavering between the two. I don't know where to go. Okay. Well, I'm going to go. Is it, I'm a, gonna go by is pure... it a soft scam because it's basically boring, or is it a soft scam because it's really okay at what it sets out to do? <laughs> I'm going to go no. by pure enjoyment rather than considering whether it succeeds in its objectives. It's just like, do I enjoy this song? The answer is no. So I'm going to say it's a scam. Well, I do. I do enjoy this song. Maybe, yeah, maybe you I'll would, do a coin flip. <laughs> 
but I, I don't enjoy it. I, I, it wouldn't be like, oh, I need to listen to Steely Dan. Let's seek out Night by Night. If I stick on Pretzel Logic, I wouldn't skip it. Yeah. You know? I'm up for Night by Night to be the uh, the little sort of elevator ride between Ricky Don't Lose That Number and Any Major Dude Will Tell You, which uh, mm. which is, a, you know, we're both fine songs. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward can't to Can't too much of a good thing. Yeah. This is the glass of water between two lovely cream cakes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'll flip a coin. Okay. I'll, I'll flip a I'll flip a bottle cap, in fact. Uh, so Nuki, Nuki Brown, side up, star side up, uh, is, is, is gonna be it's gonna be soft slam. Down is gonna be soft scam. Okay, so soft slam. Soft slam. There we go. There we go. That's how all music yeah. reviews should go. <laughs> yep. I think that's what they do at Pitchfork, isn't it? Where they, <laughs> it's like they give it like 7.2 or something. Yeah. I, I imagine just one of those big, like, um, just a room bowls. And just like, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just spits out words. Yeah. Um, and scores. Great. Well, um, yeah, cheers, listeners. Um, get your reviews in, get my tattoo going, and thanks for listening, as ever. Uh, thank you to Andrew Souter, I guess. And But big thanks to uh, Dave, a.k.a. Rose Tinted Spectrum. Um, where can people find you, Dave? Um, just on the internet. <laughs> or maybe if they're walking past me in the street, I don't know. Um, Rose Tinted Spectrum on YouTube Spectrum Tinted on Twitter. That's probably it. That's probably it. Oh no, I'm on Facebook, but no, don't don't follow me on there. <laughs> go to Twitter. I never say anything <laughs> on Facebook. Any, so. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, no, we're 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 big fans of Dave's stuff. Even Andrew, who yeah. you know, I'm big into my retro computer games. Andrew isn't, but even even he was was charmed by Dave's wit yeah. and beard so you know go and follow I was I was we came into this being like there's no crossover you know this is this is a complete random thing but then Dave says that on his Patreon there's loads of Stevie Dan fans yeah. so exciting. perhaps we found that magic Venn diagram crossover yes where I'm sure I'll force them both, to listen both to this both our audience <laughs> <laughs> brilliant stuff thank you everyone yes next week any major dude will tell you